0: Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.
1: Hey, everybody. Just wanted to let you know that we have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash filmcolossus. If you'd like to support the show and hear episodes ad-free, you can support us there for just 3 bucks a month. As our Patreon community grows, we'll be able to offer more perks that pertain not just to the podcast, but our website as well. Again, that's patreon.com slash filmcolossus. My name's Travis Bean. My name is Chris Lambert, welcome to Film Colossus, your guide to movies. Oh, and today we have as many minutes as we would like to talk about the Banshees of Enesheeran. Yeah, who knows? It might be 10 minutes. It might be 10 days. But the important thing to remember is that we have no time limit on how many minutes we would like to use talking about the Banshees of Enesheeran. Who does that? Yeah, I'm... Who would think of something like that? (laughs) I'm excited
0: about this one to kind of because we talked about it a little bit but i don't think we really ever got to pick each other's brain on this movie
1: Mm, in one of our movie ranking episodes we did talk about it like a bit um but i think you're right it was like literally a three minute conversation and it was just me complaining for the most part
0: (laughs) yeah which like (laughs) you know we all have our strong initial reactions either way but after having like a little bit of time with it um yeah seeing
1: some other films like i'm curious to see what we think about it yeah especially since uh, did you watch it a second time yeah 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 okay i did too so that this is that this is honestly been my favorite part of the show so far is i always love rewatching movies i i, I love pauline kale she's like my favorite film critic and she's kind of famous for that she would never watch a movie twice so like her reviews always existed in this vacuum and like, it was just her thoughts like right after watching a movie. And there's kind of a beauty to that. But in my mind, like what we do in the site, like understanding movies, it, the world really opens up the second time you see it because the Banshees of here. And I didn't really like it the first time. Um, and coming in this time, uh, it, it, it's cool. It helps you like read better define like what you don't like about movies. And it, and it kind of challenges you to like open up a bit and like see the nuance of what's going on. Like you've seen it once, you know what the the rhythm is. And so it was it was nice for me to watch it the second time.
0: Yeah, it was something too. Like I watched it and then I wrote our movie guide on it. And yeah. so I was going back through it God a, a ton of times. <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh just clicking through, rewatching scenes, getting some of like the nuance, the dialogue, like piecing some like thoughts and theories together. And even that kind of like detailed watching of a movie, not just that initial watch, but really sitting down with it and going into the nuance of, you know, looks characters are exchanging or some of the setup and payoff of just random moments of dialogue can be really cool.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, So let's back up a bit. The first time you saw Banshees of and I guess you can go through both times of watching it but like the first time you watched it what were your expectations heading in
0: well so i thought it looked good and i'm a colin farrell fan i'm kind of always rooting for him i think he's pretty fascinating as an actor especially coming from where he came from i think as initially being this like pretty boy like playboy type figure in the hollywood Mm -hmm. space you're kind of uncertain of what career he's going to have as an actor i think uh, at the start of everything so just him kind of growing as he grew into this very watchable interesting character actor has been kind of cool this last decade mm. um i think it really started for me in crazy heart i thought you were gonna say daredevil no <laughs> oh god him is uh bullseye He's great. He's great in it.
1: Great is a word for it. Uh, I mean, the movies. I mean, the movie is what it is. If you've seen it, you understand. But like Colin Farrell, he's he's eaten it up in that movie. He's great. Yeah. I, it took me a while to see New World. I didn't see New World until like the mid, oh, like
0: 2012, yeah. 2013. God, and I don't remember that movie very well. I love it so much. I should watch it again. It's so good, especially like the very end, like some of the last moments. Uh but. I think for a lot of people, like in Bruges was kind of more of the the character moment for him. Um, But I really remember like Crazy Heart, like the energy he had in Mm. that movie. And I don't know. It's been very curious the last few years. So I was excited uh, to see what he was going to do with this. Uh, Martin McDonough. I watched in Bruges, Seven Psychopaths and Three three Billboards. I liked all of them, Um, maybe in like increasing amounts in mm-hmm. Bruges, it was really only the last, like, 20 minutes that I kind of clicked with. Uh, seven Psychopaths, I remember seeing in theaters and just being like, okay. Like, I thought it might be a little better. It had some of the Smoking Aces kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, if I remember correctly, it kind of feels like s- similar energy to, like, Bullet Train, and it's just like a broadcast sure. of characters, but a little darker humor going on. Um. And then three billboards I thought was pretty like cool. So I was interested in seeing what Banshees was going to do. And of course, like Brennan Gleason.
1: I mean Mad Eye Moody himself.
0: Yeah, you don't have to like I'm ready to bask in whatever he does. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, he's I, awesome. I was so I was excited about Banshees, but I also wasn't kind of certain what to expect mm. or like what directions it was going to go if it was just going to be this
1: guy cutting off his fingers how are they going to make that into like a film <laughs> that's funny so you knew I, I i'm i'm seriously wondering if i ever saw a trailer to this movie because my wife and i we we watch a lot of trailers we love doing it and i feel like i went wanted this movie not knowing anything about it oh yeah i was seeing
0: the trailer because i would go to the Alamo Drafthouse yeah, right. and they show the trailer for like this kind of movie over and over and over again so I feel like I saw this trailer like once or twice a week for like three months did it make it look like a comedy I mean in the way that like in Bruges is right. kind of like you get like kind of the cluelessness of Colin Farrell and some of the like bemusement of the people as um, Brendan Gleeson's characters like doing things so it had the sense of like Gravity to it but still that Kind of darker humor
1: Mm-hmm. Okay um, And then I imagine uh, Were you excited to watch it a second time? It sounded like you watched it It sounds like you watched it several times at this point All the scene re-watching you did Yeah it was uh, <laughs> I,
0: I wasn't like Entirely blown away to watch it Like the second time just because of all right. the, the Details so it was like Pleasant but I don't think there
1: was a huge Like recalibration for me right yeah since like you've gone through the movie so much and you get it I guess that's that was what I was curious about because once you've seen it all and like you understand the machinations because in my mind once I understand the machinations of a movie when you revisit the movie if it's really good like there's still more to find like the beauty opens up even a little bit even more like now that you're in rhythm with the movie and you find like the message can still be powerful and still hit. I was wondering if like that happened with this movie. Cause my guess is it, it wouldn't. Uh, yeah. So I, I feel like I'm just trying to lead into like what I was going to say <laughs> is that like the first time I watched it, I mean, Burton McDonough, he, he's a fine filmmaker. Like I get why people like him a lot. I have never actually liked any of his movies although i've never seen seven psychopaths i, I saw it in bruges back when it came out and didn't like it although i haven't seen it since and i'm curious to rewatch it and i definitely did not like three billboards at all um and for me it's not even necessarily like it's not like bad writing or anything cuz like i actually think like maybe he, he writes the scripts right yes yeah i feel like he does cuz all of his movies kind yeah, of have yeah, the same yeah. you know tone um like, he seems like a fine writer, and he always gets, like, awesome people to act in his movies, but I think for me, it's always been a little bit of a, like, editing issue, like, the the flow of his movies. Like, like you can have the most profound ideas and the greatest acting, but, like, if it's not good to watch, like, that matters a lot, and I, I just feel like that's always the problem I've ran into with him. Like, he doesn't find a way to expound upon his ideas very well. Um, so, the first time I watched Banshee's Adventure, and I kind of went in with that in mind that like all right i don't really like this director that much but like i'm open like awesome actors let's see what it's got and i the same thing kind of happened where it was just like it felt listless to me like i was constantly like searching for meaning even though i didn't feel like much was hitting me um and so the second time i i wasn't that excited to watch it uh but as it kept going i was like all right like i'm i'm into it a little bit more. Like I remember what the movie's about. I remember the whole Civil War symbolism. Like I have that in my back pocket from the very beginning and I can let it guide me. And it did help a little bit. Like it helped me understand the movie a little more. Um but I feel like that's gonna be the kind of dichotomy of what we're talking about today. Like there's understanding a movie and then there's being moved by a movie. And just because you understand it doesn't mean like it affects you. And so the second time, that's what stuck out to me the most. Like, even though I get what's going on and, like, I should be caring about what's happening more, I kind of (laughs) don't. And so, like, while I'm impressed by it, like, I can't say it's a bad movie. I can't say that I particularly enjoy watching it.
0: I definitely enjoy watching it in a way, but there is something to where it feels smaller to me than what it should be, which is maybe like a
1: little limiting. Mm-hmm. Um mm. I guess I should not go as far to say I don't enjoy watching it because like I actually did there were parts where I was like I was laughing out loud. Like when um God, I'm I'm blinking on it now. Um but there are just so many like offhanded comments of like somebody saying something to somebody walks away. Like that typical Martin McDonough wry, dry, black humor. Um, like it works well in moments of this movie, and then it gets like really dark moments that I appreciated. Um, but we'll, we'll get into like bigger issues I had, I guess, as we move along. Yeah.
0: Um. I mean, are you typically a fan of Colin Farrell?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We are. We are a Colin Her- Farrell household here. Okay, that's good. I'm happy. I vote that. for him, no matter what he's running for. <laughs> Um and then
0: uh Barry oh, I'm blanking on his on uh his name. Barry Keegan uh oh Kogan, Kogan. Barry Kogan Yeah Kogan yeah. that's what cuz I kept wanting to call him Keegan and it's like it's not Keegan Kogan No Um I first saw him in The Green Knight in Oh gosh I've never seen that 2021 and he was just such like a kind of a revelation in that movie i guess in dunkirk he stood out too
1: mm-hmm. yeah he kind of was that was like a, a moment for him
0: yeah but when i saw him in the green knight he just was like scene stealing in that and mm. like the brief bit that he's in so like it was cool seeing him in this as well like the cast was very impressive
1: oh yeah like especially um carrie condon like man actually is she married to bill condon i'm wondering about that now uh at least not on her wikipedia page okay never mind (laughs) just curious i i I didn't need to say that out loud on this podcast i could have looked that up on my own time (laughs) yeah she's kind of the
0: to me she's kind of like the heart and soul or at least the character i identified most with in the movie sure yeah I, i bet a lot of people would i mean that was something that i hadn't thought about until like right now and the fact that I'm from a small town in Ohio, 5,000 people. <laughs> and, and you read a lot as a kid. I read a lot. <laughs> and it felt like the things that I cared about and wanted to talk about, a lot of other people in my hometown did not care about, did not want to talk about. And it was something where, like, I was very excited to leave, to go elsewhere, yeah. to even at the cost of, like, there are people that I really love who are still like there that I don't get to see as much, and there was something kind of like very personal about her story that I'm sure like resonates with a number of people. Whether you're Carrie in that situation or Shaban, uh, or you're Podrick, yeah, right. Or you could be cold. <laughs> I <sighs> just an asshole. I hope people are. <laughs> I hope people aren't cold.
1: It's, uh, I gotta say though, I know what you mean, like who would want to be Colm, but this whole movie, I mean, we can get into the the symbolism going on here with the civil war and all that, but, uh, the, this movie kind of has a timelessness about it and its structure and like the the allegory that's happening and that I looked at Colm and I was like, I feel like I know a lot of Colms, (laughs) like with how divisive things have gotten politically in this country and the way the reactions people have to some people like the coldness I, like to me, this movie that's on again, I don't necessarily love the movie because it doesn't, it doesn't move me in the way I want it to, but on paper um, it's a fascinating story. And like I a yeah. timeless, it, it kind of captures the zeitgeist of any culture, any society that naturally moves away over time. Like these things that push us in certain directions and, And I feel like during like the pandemic, I saw so many, I guess uh, older people, (laughs) uh, like people on Lauren's on uh, my wife's side of the family and and my side of the family who, who just got so fed up with like the way things were and just like kind of cut certain people and ideologies off. Like if if anything crept into their space that went against like the way they want to live live and the way they want to see the world, like they cut it off, you know? Yeah, which is intense. Especially when you realize how
0: serious they are.
1: Yeah. So it, it, th- there's such a again on paper, there's such resonance in this movie with like what so many people in this country are going with right going through right now, and of course Ireland. But um, I'm just putting it into my own bubble.
0: Yeah, and for people that haven't read our movie guide or are unfamiliar with the symbolism in Banshees of Inisherin, it's a retelling or more of a an embodiment of the Irish Civil War. With Colm representing the Irish Free States and Podrick representing the Irish Republican army. So what happened leading up to the Irish Civil War was that there was the war for independence. And it was essentially in united Ireland trying to get its freedom from England. And they kind of won. They got to a point where England was just like, fine, geez, like stop. Okay. <laughs> but when they started drafting up what would become like Ireland in the aftermath of this war Britain still wanted to say there still was going to be like some english oversight as part of the deal and the ira was just like yeah we can accept that like we'll have we'll have enough freedom that having this little bit of like connection still that's fine we'll accept like that and there was a whole group that was just like, no, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Like, we just fought <laughs> for independence. And now you're going to, like, only accept, like, 90% of the freedom that we should be getting. We deserve 100%. And it devolved from there to where it started escalating from just differing political views on it to literal fighting. and. Yeah these escalating attacks that caused an increasing amount of hostility between the two groups to where there was eventually no going back and the country fractured into the state that it is today. So it was a very monumental thing that continues to affect like the culture in Ireland to this day and also is one of the reasons so many people fled the country and so many immigrants i mean the potato famine a few years later but there was a a huge shift in people like fleeing to new york and other parts of the united states or fleeing into other parts of europe so uh colm and podrick then are like the irish free state where colm's just like no this is how it's going to be like (laughs) these are the new rules this is it and podrick's just like well eh." oh i might i might have gotten that backwards a little bit with which ones oh because colm was the one that was like a little closer to uh britain and accepting things right yeah yeah um
1: we'd all love to hit skip on our problems now and again but using weed to deal with stress as a teen won't make your issues go away that's because THC messes with parts of the
0: brain responsible for fear and anxiety, making it even harder to manage them on your own. So even the smaller things can start to feel difficult to handle. Learn better ways to deal with stress at mindovermarijuana.com. That's mindovermarijuana.com.
1: Sponsored by the California Department of Public Health. And then the cool movie has all these a bunch of cool little touches. And again, it reminds me of like what Mark Madonna likes to do with his movies, especially three billboards, like all the characters represent something um which i guess any movie does but in his movies it's it's a little more he's a little more forward with it like they're literally talking about the civil war as it's like happening across the the water from them like he makes it clear like what parallels he's trying to draw um so like uh barry keegan coke i want to call him keegan kogan (laughs) as dominic he kind of represents like like a younger person like kind of caught up in it and like who's again it, it reminds me of my experience during the pandemic like when you're younger and you're kind of like looking at everybody fighting and you're just like what's going on or maybe people younger than me maybe i'm i'm 35 at this point maybe i'm part of the old people now um but just kind of like looking around and, and seeing all the infighting happening and like trying to make sense of it and like who you trust um mrs mccormick represents like this is she supposed to represent a banshee figure you think
0: yeah the banshees which are like metaphors for like funeral like you you would see if you saw a banshee that meant somebody close to you was going to die
1: yeah um so like there's this mythological element almost like a fantastical element like he's he's really good at like drawing all that in and um it creates a, a you know a a unique aura in this movie that I wish, I actually wish he had maybe explored it a little bit more, like it had become more part of the movie, but on paper, all that's happening. It's, it's very interesting to think about and discuss.
0: Yeah. The the little aspects of the surreal that creep into this or Mm -hmm. the heightened aspects where it's not just two friends fighting, but like fingers and this (laughs) Banshee figure and the last shot in the movie where you have, Colm and Podrick parting on the beach. And for the record, the IRA, the Irish Republican Army, was the one that was like, we're not going to settle. So right. the Irish Free State was the one that was just like, yeah, we'll like have a little bit of a relationship. So Colm, Irish Free State, Podrick, IRA. Mm. Um, But that last shot where you see them, it's like a they're in the distance in the background, but in the foreground is Mrs. McCormick sitting in the rocking chair with the stick with the hook on it across her lap that uh what's his face was talking about earlier in the movie uh Dominic Mm -hmm. it's such a a moment just knowing that she represents this like loss this death the fact that uh Colm had written the song the Banshees of Inishirin and what that represented in terms of like death the things that have been lost and she's looking over this relationship that stands for the relationship with the Irish people amongst themselves it's there's a lot of so many great ideas in the movie that especially when I was writing about it I was so excited about like the conversation but as you're saying there is that little bit of disconnect between like how much I enjoy thinking about the movie versus how much I enjoyed right the, the watching those some of those moments are still like power like the bizarreness of like podrick eventually being in the house alone and he lets the animals in because mm-hmm. he's that lonely and you just get that little bit of like surrealness of having the animals
1: in the house yeah Th- there are definitely moment I, I that was one of the things I was gonna say about the movie is like it, it just feels like Martin and, and, and again I'm not criticizing him like objectively he seems like a very good director. Um, but there are just moments where I'm like, you could have tweaked, like could have taken a different approach where he he has so many moments that, like I said earlier, the, the whole civil war symbolism, like it's there, it's nice, but like, it's kind of elementarily airily done. (laughs) Like it's so obvious and like right there for you to understand that it's like, okay, like you get it. And that's kind of the extent of it. Um, and the, the way you. Enliven that subject is a through acting, which hey, you got a, a bunch of great actors in this movie, and he, I think he actually frames them pretty well. Like you, you can kind of watch them going through the motions and everything. But to me, I think where he loses me is just it almost feels like art, like uh, film school shots. Like there are a lot of cool looking shots, <laughs> like all those animals crawling around in the in the house. And I think you're right; that actually is a moment that transcends a little bit and captures the mood of like what's going on with Padraic, but uh, to me again, it's more of like an editing thing. Like you just get a, you you get one scene where like people talk, (laughs) there's, there's tension rises, there's a climax and then a fall, there's a fallout and there's a bunch of shots of like people sitting alone, looking sad, looking out a window, there are animals walking around. them. like, it's that same rhythm over and over and over that like, it just, kind of loses me at some point and it feels a little too formulaic in that way that like it's telling me that something dramatic is happening here and i should be looking at everything in this shot and like recognizing what, like there's just something about it that it, it makes me think, again Pauline kale i'm bringing it up again she's a famous film critic that was very divisive for her uh uh contrarian thoughts about movies but one thing she said about movies that i always love is that the number one goal of a movie is to astonish us like when you go see a movie you want to be you want to be moved. You want to you want to see an idea that you've thought about, that you've seen out in the world in a new way that makes you kind of reconfigure it and think about it a little bit more deeply and forces you to be like, all right, how do I actually feel about this? Like, how is this part of my life? Like I just never really get that feeling in this movie. Like I'm kind of astonished in quotes, when I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, like there's a lot there. But when I'm watching it, like it's not hitting me in the way I need it to, and I think a lot of it just has to do with like the kind of shots you're talking about. Like that's cool on paper. Like, of course, it has power, but like, there's something about the way that it's presented that isn't doing anything to me.
0: In terms of that astonishment, like, I do think that there's something to the idea of like humanizing two sides of the war and like boiling them down to like interactions that people can identify. So you're taking hmm. this huge concept, which is. Like the fracturing of a nation. And it's something that's historic that a lot of people might not necessarily care to take the time to grasp about what happened and what went wrong. And when you can boil it down to these two friends and the fracturing of their relationship, there's something like very impressive Mm. about, I think, that embodiment, like presenting such a huge story in that way it's just a matter of like, I guess preference in that way of is the rest of it done in kind of an elevated or in a way that like resonates with us. And maybe it's just like a little too slow Mm -hmm. in that way. I think that kind of, for me is some of it is that the tempo is just like a little plotting for a lot of Mm -hmm. it. And I, I guess i kind of yeah. felt that way about three billboards just a little bit
1: actually i was curious to talk to you about this because um i am somebody on this show who I, I, in the past i i feel like i've argued for movies doing less in quotes like i kind of like when a movie sits an idea in an idea and doesn't feel the need to like go a ton of places and show me a bunch of characters and pile on a bunch of ideas like i kind of like when movies are very specific and focused and to me, this movie actually is that. Like, it's yeah. it's nice. Um, and I don't really mind the energy of the movie and the slowness of the movie. Uh, so I was curious if, like, that bothered you. That, like, it, while it, it is about a big idea, it doesn't necessarily explore that idea in these fantastical ways that I think you like.
0: Yeah, I tend to, like... I think my ideal for this movie, if it was going to be, like, the pacing that it is or the slowness is that it would just kind of do more. Like the move what we saw in the movie would be like the first half. Or the first like sure. three fourths. And then uh, that's usually my like number one criticism of a film is that I think <laughs> it ends a little early and that there's mm-hmm. more to do and it kind of drags out the middle portion just a bit more. And I think this was like another one of those cases where at a certain point like okay, like I get everything that's happening. I like the characters. We've established things. And now it's just like the f- switch being thrown on all of them. Like Shaban leaving Dominic uh, realizing that he has no options and like exiting um, Colm finally committing to cutting off his fingers and Colin Farrell no longer being kind. Um, that part kind of resonates with me. In Mm -hmm. a way that I think is one of the most like interesting conversation points. And it's still something that like I really like, but there's so much around it that (laughs) by the time we get to those scenes, I'm kind of like, finally, finally. But what we see with Podrick and Colm is that when Podrick's being really nice, Colm is just outraged with him. (laughs) Like, wants nothing to do with him. <laughs> yeah. So, when you have that first scene when uh, Podrick yells at him at the bar, and at the end of it, Colm's just like, I think I like him again. <laughs> That's the yeah. most interesting he's been in years. The very next scene, Podrick goes over there and tries to be, like, nice and friendly. And you see how disappointed yeah, Colm is to where the next time Colin Farrell tries it, he's antagonistic again. And after he's antagonistic again, Colm talks to him and so it's like finally he reaches this point where like I will just be a jerk to you if that's the relationship you want to have I will be the asshole that you want me to be Mm -hmm. and we see at the very end that he's now fully committed to being an asshole and Colm's (laughs) like hey let's talk about like (laughs) things and this idea of like training somebody and everything that that kind of entails that he's willing to change himself in that way that Colm is like going to ask that of him there's something very fascinating to me about that and i think really cool but again the route that we take to get there some of the connective stuff me wanting just like a little more
1: yeah yeah hmm. god there are so many threads there that i wanted to, to dip into <laughs> um we can go back to the conclusion eventually because I, I definitely don't mind the way it ended. Um, but, God, what was I going to... God, I, I grabbed onto something I was going to... All right, we'll talk about the end then. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I really don't mind the way the movie ended. I, and I actually... This is another area where I think you and I differ in that I... It's interesting. like So, so when you see the ending of this movie, you don't necessarily see a conclusion to everything... Wow. To all of the themes, that the character arcs, like what the movie's been building toward, towards ideologically, like it's it's a limper ending the way it ends. It doesn't have the catharsis you want. The, the catharsis would be found by like lengthening the movie and like going into different storylines. And like, is that is that what you're saying?
0: It's, it's not necessarily like, I don't mind this ending. Like I wasn't upset with the ending, uh-huh. but it was and I think thematically it works like we're reaching a point where like this relationship is done and with the theme of it being Ireland you get like yeah this is just how things are going to be from now on so I'm kind of okay with it as like symbolism metaphor this is the point that we wanted to get to is showing how this division came about it's just when we talk about the character journeys Mm -hmm. I don't think the journey is over for each of them Sure, Um yeah. And that's the thing that leaves me, like, a little I would like more. I don't think we've, like, driven the story, like, where these characters are going to the hilt in okay. the way that it should. Like,
1: No Country for Old Men gives me that. Um, Interesting. I, this does not I'm happen. curious about in what way it differs. Like, what point is a character reaching in No Country for Old Men that they're not reaching in Banshees?
0: Oh, like, No Country... You not only you have like the end to the journey of like who's getting the money, but then you also have I mean the death of a number of characters (laughs) Um, and then Anton like going after um, Josh Brolin's wife at the very end to kind of like bring all of that full circle Mm -hmm. and the fact that the movie starts with Tommy Lee Jones So you get kind of wrapped up in a lot of what's happening, kind of forgetting that Tommy Lee Jones is supposed to be the main character. Mm -hmm. So that by the time we come back to him trying to complete the investigation and he can't, that we get the aftermath of his fear of walking into the hotel room because Anton might be there, leading to him retiring leading to some of his, like, retired conversation with his friend and then the dreams with his wife that imply that he's now just waiting to die and go into the afterlife and join his dad. I feel like there's such conclusion and catharsis to what this event meant to him and how it affected him. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of stories don't quite reach the point of showing the the turn like what was the consequence of all of this mm-hmm. and i'd want just like a little bit more it doesn't have to be a lot more yeah. but like what's the little bit more of like what's next for Holm?
1: what's next for podrick shit you kind of convinced me on that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah hmm. i will say for the record that i don't necessarily mind an ending like this like it kind of reminds me a little bit of the ending of the lobster Another Colin Farrell movie. Yeah. Um, Where like, he walks away from Rachel Weiss and the the diner and like, you don't know if he's going to come back. It's kind of like that where like, there's a little bit of ambiguity there. Like, you know, the characters are on a certain path and they've reached a certain point. Like maybe even reached catharsis, but like there is more, like more is going to happen and like, you could learn more, Um, but I don't always necessarily need more. Like, uh To me, that's kind of a beautiful part of a a simple, efficient, to-the-point movie is that it kind of just explores one idea and it doesn't necessarily need to end with like the end of a character's journey, per se, in quotes. Like, this person will go here, like the the literal plot of this person's life, (laughs) uh, ending with an idea, like something the character's going through. If it completes the idea of what's going on, like, I like that. Um, but you're kind of making me think Banshee's not that it doesn't complete the idea, but it maybe just doesn't do it in a very interesting way. <laughs> like, it does strike me as odd now that I'm thinking about it. I guess it's a, a very pessimistic ending if I'm thinking about it, like you have these two figures walking away from each other and you have Mrs. McCormick stand between them representing like the death of them, like the death of the unity of Ireland almost. Um, I guess that's the point, but I I guess this is maybe more of a subjective thing that I just... I don't know if that's the most interesting way to go. Like, maybe you're right. There's just more to say and more ways to explore that fracture.
0: Yeah. I Yeah. I I think about... So another example would be, like, Blade Runner, right? I'm happy Hmm. with the end of Blade Runner where it's just uh, Harrison Ford and rachel i forget the the actor's name but um you know deckard and rachel running off together which is meaningful because he was supposed to be hunting replicants and now he's finding out that he doesn't care that the humanity that she possesses really like is all that matters so he's Mm -hmm. choosing to abandon everything he's known has been to go on the run with her that seems like something based on what i might have been saying like you know where do they go what happens like i want to know more Mm. but to me that's like climactic enough or consequential enough of like the journey he went on led him to this decision and he's gonna go pursue that and you know maybe it's a happily ever after or not i mean we know from 2049 that they barely had any time together which still pisses Mm -hmm. me off but um my issue would have been if it ended on the rooftop with Roy after Roy like saves him after the final like chase sequence between them. If Roy dies and Deckard's looking at him and just like, Oh wow. Like Roy really was more human than what I thought replicants were. And the movie ended there. That's when I'd be like, damn it, like, <laughs> mm. that's not a place you should end. And then just having that little extra bit of, like, this is what he's doing because of this journey that he went on. This is his next action. That's enough for me. And I guess I was happy enough with Banshees, but something a little bit more would have been interesting.
1: Yeah. I, I, Got it. Now I'm thinking about... One thing I I did really like in this movie that I noticed the second time through is the sense of despair that hangs over the movie. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. It's it's. It, I actually think that aspect of the movie is really well done. And um, if I think about the end now, you know that whole scene we just talked about, with Mrs. McCormick sitting there representing the fracture of not just two friends but just like a population. Um, it really, really captures the despair of the movie and that to me makes it a good ending. Like there is catharsis there. It kind of represents like the state of where things were after this, after everything we watched, like after everything these characters went through um, that it, it, it makes me realize I'm sitting here now that, you know, I talked about how this whole civil war symbolism, like it's so obvious, like, and it's so, it's so present. Like they mentioned it several times that it kind of becomes what the movie is trying to be about like what it's trying to say um and i almost just want to say like at this point it's kind of distracting <laughs> like it's just so like again elementary and obvious that like it kind of gets in the way of like the more powerful stuff like the despair like i wish not that that doesn't have enough tension in this movie but like i feel like it kind of misses out because of the the patterns mcdonald's trying to go through and the allegories he's trying to draw and and just the the general social commentaries, right? Like, it's almost like the social commentary is lessened because he's so focused on it.
0: Well, I guess instead of focusing on the despair, it's focusing on, like, the bittersweet amicability Hmm. of, like, a nation that could be united if only they weren't being so obstinate. So it's, like, wanting to end on this little bit of, like, hope, this little bit of, like, tragedy rather than simply leaning into yeah. that overwhelmedness, like the, the fact that like Dominic and Shaban, like the bleakness that each of them face and the way in which they display it is really powerful and I think necessary mm-hmm. to the movie and like rounding things out and maybe it's something to where like things suffer just a bit with their absence or them not having
1: more to do Maybe yeah. uh, yeah, so I, I mean, you, you're right about all that, and again, I, I think on paper, like he's trying to go through McDonald's trying to go through all of these these rhythms and like trying to represent something larger, and I think that's good. I want movies to do that, but like I said I I, I just sometimes the approach, the the attachment you have to like something as specific as that. I just think it undercuts stuff. So like, I think of something like psycho, which like, I mean, if you want obvious, like Alfred Hitchcock, he's trying to be obvious because he's this, he's a commercial filmmaker back in the day. Like people love to go in to see his movies. And he's very open about the fact that like, he wants his movies to go through, go through certain structures and certain rhythms. Like he wants to surprise you here and like entice you here and not give you enough information there. Like he's kind of obvious, um, even thematically like something like psycho, greed you get it from psycho like greed's a big part of psycho like lies and deception are a big part of psycho but to me the beauty of a movie like psycho is that it doesn't have to announce the bigger scope in the 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 larger intentions of the film which in my mind after you know i wrote a movie guide on it for uh film colossus and i really dug into that movie and you really start to realize um how much of it is a commentary on America and in and small towns and, and chasing the American dream and feeling pressured to um, have money and live a certain way like that all starts to come out when you kind of dig into the nuances of it and you um, kind of get into the, the energy that Hitchcock's giving to the movie just um, in terms of like the shots he's using, in terms of like the tone um, in terms of the ambiguity of characters like the way their uh arcs end like there's all of this nuance you can dig into throughout that you're like oh like that's what the movie's about where like i think i'm just always way more attracted to a movie that is doing something like that than something like three billboards which is such an obvious commentary social commentary that like like I don't even think he's trying to hide it at all and and Banshees which does I think a little bit better of a job with it like obviously it's about the Civil War but it digs into it in interesting ways but still like you kind of get it like they announce what the movie's about and like to me it just kind of kills a little bit of like my investment in it and um, I I feel like there are no revelations in this movie where I'm like oh that's what the movie's doing like no I kind of get what the movie's doing from the get go and it's asking me to dip further further into it Here's a question.
0: <laughs> I get where you're coming from, but how does it differ from something like? Because uh, you like blowout a lot.
1: I do like blowout,
0: and is it blowout a little obvious? And it's like discussion of like America and American society, and attaching the events of that movie to uh, like the political events at that. Of like the the seventies and eighties, the zeitgeist of that time.
1: Yeah, and I think this gets into the more of what is a, my subjective take on it is that the just the fervor of a Brian De Palma movie, like the way it flows, um, the energy, it it has such incredible energy, such entertaining energy. Like I think entertainment's a huge part of it. <laughs> uh, that might sound like a simplistic way to put it, but in my mind, like. That's part of the way a movie grabs you and moves you, is just like how well and competently it's done. Um, That to me dips into the like astonish category, where like maybe the commentary is obvious, but like it's presented to me in this such a fantastical way. And the way the camera's moving around these characters and the way certain shots are revealing certain things about certain characters, like I just think there's a lot more of that. And the energy of that movie is much more akin to like what I'm looking for that makes sense
0: as soon as i was like voicing the question out loud i could <laughs> i could kind of hear you going down that path as a response because that is true there is like and maybe that's something i'm just kind of realizing a little bit more now in terms of like your preference or even like my own there is a a stoicism mm-hmm. to banshees of Inishirin where like the like the filmmaking wants to back off in some ways to give the characters and actors Mm -hmm. room to do more. And by putting a lot more of the entertainment onus on the characters and the actors, maybe that's really like something that a lot of people do enjoy, can enjoy. It's definitely a different like flavor that is appreciated. Um, But is it like, of flavor that each person, like you in this case, like is that what you look for? I'm now like it's making me right. think, like, is No Country something that you may not be as fond of? Oh, for similar no, reasons? I love No Country okay. for Old Man. Okay,
1: <laughs> I mean, the Coen brothers have such god, I'm just thinking of like the landscapes, you know, like yeah. the way everything about that movie is awesome.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really fall into I think it's another one that it could feel much smaller than it does, but it ends up feeling much larger than it maybe should just because of how it's filmed and the tension of each scene and how it kind of continues unraveling. Right.
1: Like think about the tension of Anton, like going through the hotel, like uh, coming after uh, Josh Brolin's character. Like (laughs) that is not re. You don't get and not not that Vanichies of Venishiran is like is that kind of movie, but like any moment any climatic moment in Vanishes of and like there's no energy like that.
0: Yeah, it's even something like we don't really get I mean, look at the fate of Dominic, right? You yeah. kind of can tell <laughs> something's like off when he talks with Shaban at the end and he's like, Hey, any chance that you might like love me and want to get married? and have a life together and she's like sorry and he walks off and there is power to that subtlety or like a shock value when at some point you realize like where's dominic been and then it's revealed he's like in the lock and you're just like oh man what happened it does create i don't think it's a bad way of going about it it's just it's going to be a way that has an appeal for its subtlety, but is it something that like has as much tension as it could or should are there other ways to go about it and
1: what ways might be more powerful yes I completely agree is that like again I see it on paper like I understand what's happening here it's like further establishing the despair (laughs) the how young people stuck in the situation like feel lost and like uh metaphorically turned to death like there's no hope like why live um but i just don't think it's presented in an interesting way like he's he's just supposed he's dead and i'm supposed to be like moved and and not that i'm not moved for a dead person but (laughs) i'm kind of not in the way this movie does it so
0: yeah we don't
1: necessarily get to attach
0: to the character in a way that makes that poignant and some will argue like you don't have to have it be poignant to be like interesting or good, but depending on your watching tastes, maybe (laughs) you do want it to be poignant.
1: (laughs) I feel like that was just like a lot of this movie to me was, and maybe you've seen it through the way I've expressed my thoughts in this movie. Is that like, again, I don't think it's bad, but this movie just really bummed me out. Like, not because it's about sad shit, like whatever. I, I, I like sad movies. Like vortex was my favorite movie last year and that movie's sad as hell. It's about two people like slowly losing their minds and dying <laughs> in their old age. Like it's, it's sadness. Oof. Um, but the movie just bummed me out in the sense that like, you know, I've seen a lot of movies. I, my letterbox tells me I've watched like 4,000 movies. And last year I almost watched a movie a day. Like I, I I watch a lot and this kind of movie just like it's just so detached in a way like this McDonough's style like the way he's showing his characters like there's something about it that's just a little too like formulaic and just like is what it is um, as opposed to something that like is enlivened and uplifts and like goes beyond and transcends and this moment of dominic is like is one of those where like i'm supposed to just see it and be moved because it's a dead person and like the fact that i'm not says a lot about this movie okay one
0: last comparison question all right uh tom ford movies a single man nocturnal animals
1: um i you know what i saw a single i haven't seen nocturnal animals um but i saw a single man theaters when it came out i guess i remember it decently well
0: i saw it in theaters when it came out too i'm just i guess it makes me think like what you're saying in terms of like the pacing or the distance or tone if like that's a movie that struck you in a positive way Mm -hmm. as opposed to banshees or if it's like a similar one with banshees where there's a little bit of like a
1: distance to it that leaves you like wanting a little more Probably the former, but yeah, you'd have to make another like director or movie or something for me to be like that. Because, because yeah. again, I saw it when it came out, and I and I, I mostly remember the very end of it more than anything.
0: I remember middle portions more than the end. I it would be curious if you did Nocturnal Animals. Like I'm, I'm really interested in how you would feel because I could see you loathing it. <laughs> <laughs> based on just like feeling like it's just like a negativity to it or like a Uh hopelessness to it or i could see you like really kind
1: of getting into what it's doing i feel like this podcast if anything it has made it seem like i don't i don't like movies that are like that i don't mind movies that are hopeless and uh, you know just about like the death of humanity (laughs) like i actually kind of like movies that are that go that far in that direction um i just need it to be presented in an interesting way and when it isn't those kinds of movies are kind of the most unfathomable ones for me to watch
0: yeah i can't tell if you would uh find it interesting or not well one day
1: yeah maybe we'll cover it on the show i mean we know people like that movie
0: yeah it continues to be one of our most popular articles so (laughs) yeah
1: it's crazy to me because like I only barely remember that movie when it like I don't know if I even saw a trailer for that movie. I didn't know it was that popular. No, I, when I saw it in theaters,
0: it was just something I randomly saw the title and was like, "That's a cool title," <sighs> and watched a trailer. I was like, "Nobody's talking about this." And when I saw it, and when I wrote about it, nobody else had really written about it. Um, the corner of the market, yeah, popped off for a few, <laughs> a yeah. few years. Even until now, it's been what like six years. Oh, yeah, it's still going. Crazy. Crazy. Well, I mean, the response to Banshees, I think, has been mostly positive. It's been surprising to me how many people... I mean, it makes sense that people enjoy the movie. With the cast, it's hard not to have, like, a baseline enjoyment with what the cast is doing and uh, finding some beauty in the film. Um, It's just been impressive to see the number of people that are... Wanting to know what the movie's about, <laughs> it's been the the top page getter on our website for a few months now. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: um I, I have also been surprised. Although I think Martin Madonna, he has a following. Like I remember when In Bruges came out, like it had all these crazy loyalists, <laughs> like people. And I, maybe that was part of the reason I watched it. I Was like, oh, people are freaking out about this movie, and I didn't have much reaction to it. And then three billboards the same. Like people seem to really like that movie. You, you wrote an article about that movie and a lot of, we get a lot of visitors to our site for that. And now Banshee is like the same thing's happening. He, he his movies, they, they must have some tone, something about them. That's really striking with people. And in in my mind, it's, it's the social commentary. Like I know I was kind of ragging on it in this episode, but like it, it is technically well done. Like he's telling interesting stories. Um, and it seems people are really connecting with him.
0: Yeah, his like selection process because in Bruges it's that cult following, right? Like mm-hmm. it really had a dark comedy style that I don't think we got a lot of, especially mm-hmm. with how small and like uniquely kind of Irish it was. Um, but then with three billboards, it's such a different kind of movie, and for him to also find like a vein in the zeitgeist. Yeah. To really, like, resonate with and to do it a third time.
1: Yeah. I guess Seven Psychopaths did not have that impact, but... <laughs> it's funny because, like, I'd, I've i only seen the trailers to that movie and, it like, it doesn't even feel like a Martin McDonough movie.
0: Yeah, it, it it's
1: like Smoke
0: and Ace's bullet yeah. train kind of, like, style, which maybe he was just brought on to do it as kind of, like, be a commercial filmmaker after Imbruge, and he's like, I hate this. But the cast <laughs> wasn't is it,
1: oh, it was after it you're right,
0: yeah, like Christopher Walken like really kind of popped off in that movie, yeah, um, but three fourths like three out of his four movies have all like really struck a chord with people, yeah. so I think regardless of like how nitpicky we are are with this movie, it's hard to deny like what he's accomplished, and it'll be interesting to see what he does with the next project
1: yeah and it probably speaks to the strength of his writing that he's been able to get such credible actors in his movies like they must read the script and be like holy shit i gotta be in this yeah the i mean the cast have just been i mean and the the rewards have been good
0: too the people that have been in his movies are getting nominated they're getting like acclaim and attention it's definitely been um like you want your career
1: to hit a next level yeah be in a martin madonna movie yeah i mean colin farrell i feel like he's getting most of the recognition for this movie but for me brennan gleason like that dude killed this shit oh he has such an
0: aura in this movie and some of the shots like i think those are some of my favorite shots is just like brennan gleason walking (laughs) yeah like the the duster that he has the like the energy (laughs) that he has the music in this movie was really good too
1: yeah again
0: a technically
1: well done movie. Yep. Mm. <laughs> uh, any any final thoughts? Um, no, uh, just that I I don't think I'll ever watch this movie for a third time. <laughs> <laughs> never say never. I can't believe I saw it twice. <laughs> I'm waiting for the day. <laughs> Maybe I will. You never know. Yeah. What do you do? You have anything left to say?
0: Ah, uh, I think it
1: all all kind of got out there yeah all right read it read chris's article on it like you dive into even more like you talk about like the banshees and the the title of the song and all that
0: oh yeah there's so much so much i the amount of research this movie took it was fun but also (laughs) like more than what the average movie takes which was also (laughs) not fun not fun because it's just like, oh, I've spent <laughs> I've spent a week just like reading about the Irish Civil War and the history of Banshee mythology.
1: <laughs> well, if you get anything from Chris's article, it's the history of Banshee mythology. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> but. OK. Yeah. Well, do we know what the next movie we're doing is?
0: I think it's whatever is just like been the next most popular, which would be. uh
1: prisoners oh yeah prisoner all right you're gonna make me watch prisoners again so be it <laughs> when's the last time you've seen it I've seen it I've seen it twice Um, I believe I watched it a second time just like maybe four years ago and I did not like it either time oh wow well okay <laughs> so we'll see <laughs> one of these days we'll be doing one and you'll be like Chris I
0: love this movie and I'm so glad. I mean, knock at the cabin
1: you were happy yeah. about. That was like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. We'll see. I mean, I, 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 despite not really liking it, I'm interested to watch it again. Beautiful. That's that positive can do <laughs> attitude that I love, but I'm
0: not watching Banshees for, for a third time. <laughs> at least not in 2023.
1: No, definitely not. Maybe, maybe in 2043. Mm if it wins best picture i'll watch it again <laughs> okay what do you think's gonna win best picture um i think i think everything everywhere all at once well like i think the academy at this point after something like i don't know what was going off coda but like with parasite winning like that was such a beloved by fans like people of the like movie lovers movie culture like that was such an audience favorite like I feel like they're gonna start leaning in that direction to, to make the academy more of a thing, the the awards more of a presence, and you know the zeitgeist. So that's probably what they'll do.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people are just like rooting for the people involved.
1: Yeah, right. So yeah, it's pretty rare that kind of movie makes it that far. Right. So Par- Parasite was a little different. Um, again, it had a, like a big audience reaction, but everything everywhere all at once is it's much more like straightforward (laughs) with what it's doing and it's and it's familiar with the multiverse thing like it's there's something about it that's much more like it it just seems more popular with a regular person you know yeah
0: which like parasite i i thought should win everything everywhere yeah i think it should get recognition but win yeah yeah what do you gotta do yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see <laughs> all right well then until next time check out you know film colossus stuff oh yeah
1: yeah um film colossus um you can support us on patreon film slash patreon uh you can hear the episodes ad free that's that's all we got right now yep or is it patreon.com slash film colossus what did i say Filmcolossus.com slash patreon
0: <laughs> if you go to that page you'll find nothing <laughs> we have bought patreon <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: All, All right. right, cheers.
0: Bye. Doctora Ramos, a la sala de espera. Hay un problema que afecta a muchos niños que no puedo resolver sola. Se llama estrés tóxico. Es la manera en que el cuerpo de los niños responde a experiencias difíciles desde palabras bruscas hasta una pérdida dolorosa. Esto hace que sea más difícil combatir infecciones y enfermedades. También aumenta el riesgo de problemas de salud a largo plazo. Pero hay pasos que los padres pueden tomar para ayudar. Aprende
1: cuatro cosas que puedes hacer para superar el estrés tóxico en FirstFiveCalifornia.com.